Uh, what a worship time. And I, I just please that you were right there in your home. If you would give a hand clap of praise uh, to these folks standing behind me and all these folks around this room, I'm going to do it right now. Uh, there are about 15 to 20 people that are up here uh, that are making all this happen uh, for you in your home, uh, where, wherever your gathering places are. Uh, incredible day of worship. I, I kind of wish I could crawl through the camera and come into your home or your hospital, wherever you are right now, and just kind of be with you because the Spirit of God is mighty uh, and it is strong in this place. And uh, it's a reminder to me, uh, the church is not a building. It's you. It's the people. And all over the world, you are scattered and uh, you are being the church. And uh, I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Okay, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to find them now. Uh, we're going to kind of uh, put a pause button on our Grace series. We're doing something just focused for this weekend. Uh, we're planning on, the expectation is that next weekend we're going to return uh, to the Grace thing. We're not going to let this coronavirus sabotage anymore uh, what is already done. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to uh, Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Uh, we'll get there in, in just a few moments. If you're looking uh, for your life steps, uh, they have not yet been produced. This is all kind of fresh here, uh, but we hope sometime this evening to get them loaded online in those uh, places you can find them. So we hope you'll be looking for them. Uh, at 14 years of age, there was a young lady by the name of Laura Decker. Uh, she set out in 2012 to sail around the world in a 41, 46-foot ship, a uh, 3,200-mile journey, 32,000-mile journey. Uh, it was an incredible accomplishment. Uh, her voyage was carefully planned. It was sailed in waters that we call charted waters. Uh, many have done it. It's not that uncommon anymore. Sailors do it all the time. But uh, they sailed in waters that had already been explored, in waters that had already been meticulously uh, mapped out. So all the reefs, all the sandbars, all the small little islands, all the obstructions were right there on the map. Uh, now, years ago, those maps, they were all on paper. Uh, today, those charts and those maps are on navigational systems that are just as sophisticated, that look just like the cars in which you and I drive today. Uh, so today, uh, sailing around the world in one of those ships like that, whether it's solo or someone else, uh, it is very doable if you know how to read the navigational system, uh, these clearly marked out charts and maps. But if you were to ask any sailor today, if you would like to take a voyage around the world and do it into uncharted waters in places that people have never been before, uh, they would say, nope, not if I don't have to. Uh, they would not want to do that. And so you ask, why? Why wouldn't they? Well, because they would be on pins and needles uh, the entire voyage. Uh, they would have to post a watch 24-7. They would have to be marking their depth just continuously. Uh, they would have to navigate without any reference points whatsoever except the stars, and hopefully it's not a cloudy night. So it's very anxious, very stressful situation. Uh, simply put, uh, navigating uncharted waters is nerve-wracking. Uh, it's just very uncomfortable. And yet that's where we are today. Uh, we find ourselves not just as a church, uh, not just as a nation, but an entire world in uncharted waters. Uh, there is a virus that is potentially deadly uh, making its way around the world. There is not yet a vaccine. There are not yet enough test kits. National, state, county, and city government have made emergency declarations. Hospitals are preparing for maximum triage. Uh, schools are shutting down for extended, open-ended period of times. Uh, child care workers, uh, for people who work, child care, uh, hard to find, and if you can find it, uh, very difficult to afford it. Uh, our loved ones in nursing homes and in special assisted living centers, uh, they are at high risk. Uh, cruise lines have been beached. All travel from Europe has been closed. Uh, sports from professional down to three-year-olds, uh, gone. 
Uh, NCAA March Madness, terrible. Uh, it's no longer around. Uh, the stock market is a nightmare. Uh, small businesses are shuddering, hoping to keep their doors open and to survive this. Uh, no gatherings of more than 250 people, uh, so many churches cannot assemble. And most of all, Toilet paper is hard to find. I mean, you just can't find any anywhere. I mean, that's what you call literally uncharted waters. And then some of you personally, uh, not globally, but personally, uh, you find yourself in uncharted waters that you have never been before. Uh, you have no map. Uh, you have no point of reference. Uh, you have no plan. You don't have a clue on how to go forward, and it's very nerve-wracking. Uh, you are in uncharted waters. You recently had a spouse leave you or say they want a divorce. Uh, you have two or three children. Uh, you got bills to pay. Uh, you're unsure if you can. Uh, the HR person walked into your office uh, out of the blue. Uh, your position now is being eliminated. Uh, you got horrible news from a doctor. Uh, you kept it to yourself. Uh, you've not yet told anyone. Uh, you recently retired, but this past week, your investments, uh, they've taken a pretty big rocky road hit. You're not sure what's going to happen, and you personally are concerned about your financial future. Uh, maybe you're about to graduate from college. And you had a surefire job. It was a lock. They had hired you. And now that's a strong maybe. It'll be there when you arrive. Uh, you're in waters today, many of you, that are totally unfamiliar. Uh, you're searching for reference points. Uh, you're searching for markers. You're searching for something to show you how you're to go. But you can't find them. And it's nerve-wracking. And then we had the network news commentators that are saying things like, well, hey, uh, we've never seen anything like this COVID-19 virus, uncharted waters. Uh, we never experienced a global pandemic of uh, this in our modern time, uh, uncharted waters. Uh, we've never seen our schools close, open-ended for such an extended period of time. Uh, we have never seen so many people buy so much toilet paper again at one time. I, I think some of us kind of misunderstood when we were encouraged to wipe, 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 wipe. We got the geographic location a little bit off. I'm not sure that's what they were taking. But in so many ways, uh, we do find ourselves in uncharted waters. And that's exactly where Paul is in Acts chapter 27. New Testament. He's on a large ship. Ironically, they're sailing toward Italy. <laughs> uh, specifically, they're going to Rome. And then these strong hurricane-like conditions just pop up out of nowhere. And it starts pushing them further and further and further out into the Mediterranean Sea in places where they had no maps, uh, they had no direction, they had no clue as to where they were and what they were facing. So in Acts chapter 27, verse 20, uh, we get some sort of idea just how dangerous and fierce uh, this, storm, this storm is. It says in verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And it was so bad, you see, back there in verse uh, 18, uh, the crew started throwing over all the, the cargo. And then right there in verse 19, they started throwing over the tackle, the ship's tackle, trying to lighten the ship uh, because they felt like they were almost and totally and completely out of hope. Uh, the storm was fierce. Uh, they were afraid. Now, when the storm subsided, uh, they were lost. They didn't know where they were. Uh, they had no maps. Uh, they had nothing to give them any sort of direction. And they had never been in these waters before. Now, every one of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you have found yourself in waters in which you have never been before. Uh, some of you know more than others, uh, you know how nerve-wracking it can be to be in uncharted waters. Now, the past few weeks, I've shared with you more than once, if you call this your church home, that I have found myself personally in uncharted waters 
about an eighth or eight-month stretch. It started back in July on July the 27th. Now, for 33 years, I will tell you that we've encountered a lot, and as your senior pastor, what God and you have allowed me to do together, uh, we have endured a lot. We've experienced a lot of tragic death. Uh, we've endured a lot of unexpected things. But for eight months, beginning that period of July 27 was unlike anything that I had personally ever experienced before. Because on that July the 27th in 2019, uh, Clinton Tebbs, uh, the 32-year-old brother of my son's wife, Corinne, uh, the son of Candy Tebbs, a member of this church, um, tragically killed uh, in a boating act, freak boating accident. Uh, Gut-wrenching. Didn't see it coming. Uh, three months later, October 27th, exactly three months, uh, Ryan Avera, a 28-year-old young man, you see him right there standing next to Clinton. Why is that? Uh, because Ryan, Clinton, uh, were in the same wedding for our son James. Uh, Ryan and James were high school buddies. Uh, they were college roommates in his wedding. Uh, Ryan found himself in these uncharted waters of depression. It was so fierce, so intense, he didn't know what to do. And he took his own life. And just a few weeks, months after, uh, January the 13th, the Saturday night, right before worship in this place on Saturday night, our very own little six-year-old blackbird, Raven Nicole Goff, uh, died in a tragic accident. And boy, when that happened, uh, a lot of people's lives around the world were touched. Uh, that's why many of you are worshiping with us online from so many different places, because you were touched by the story of Raven and her mom, uh, Tanner, and her dad, Shane. Um, and I know uh, many were touched, but on this day, I just have to confess to you uh, that when Clinton died, and then when Ryan died, and then when uh, Raven died, a little piece of my heart got ripped out every single time. And I found myself in uncharted waters in a place that I'd never been before. And I just kind of said to God, God, uh, how much more can I take? I've never been here before, God. I don't have a map. I don't have any direction. I'm not sure how to make myself through uh, these unexpected waters and the losing of people that I love God so deeply in such a compressed, short period of time. And if I was feeling that, uh, there are family members who I know are all watching worshiping with us right now. Uh, I start thinking, man, what were they feeling? Uh, they're probably saying stuff, and many of you have said this. I never thought that I would die. Uh, my child would die before me. Uh, I didn't see this coming. Uh, who, who could have been prepared for this? Uh, how am I going to get through this? I've never been here before. I know each of them were thinking something like this. You know, how am I going to just survive? And that makes me think, how do people survive stuff like this? Uh, so traumatic, so big, that just totally turns their world upside down. Uh, uh, some of you know how that feels. Uh, some of you are feeling that right now. And all around the world, there could be some who are just asking the question, what's next? How are we going to survive? How are we going to get through this. Now, if you're someone who reads the Bible, you know what happens in Acts chapter 27. Uh, the story ends well. They all survive. Uh, somehow, <laughs> against all of the odds that were stacked against them, and this raging storm in the uncharted waters, they all, every one of them, not a single life was lost. They all made it to shore. And if you read Acts chapter 27, and I hope you all will in your chair time this week, and we're going to try to give you some life, life steps to kind of help you with this. Uh, but I think you will see there are at least four lifelines. And this is kind of sermon notes. I know you don't have anything in your hand unless you download the notes off your, off your app. Uh, four lifelines I think we find right here that when we're going through uncharted waters like we are with this COVID-19, uh, uh, this uh, uh, coronavirus, 
that we can hang on to during these uncharted waters. Here's the first one, if you want to write this down. Uh, Grab on to a promise of God. When you're in uncharted waters, you want to grab on to a promise of God. Now, when Paul, he's here on the boat, Paul's on the boat, he gets a promise, and he grabs hold of it. His knuckles turn white. (laughs) I mean, he holds on to it so tight with the grip, he says, I'm not going to let it go. And here's the promise, okay? Look right here if you have your Bibles in verse 22. I think we'll put it on the screen to help you. He says, men, uh, I urge you to keep up your courage. Paul is addressing the crew. Because not a one of you is going to be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. Uh, You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, he didn't have to say this. He could have left this out. He says, nevertheless, uh, we must run aground on some island. In other words, guys, hey, our ship is going to fall apart. He didn't have to tell them that. But you're going to make it. You're going to make it. But he tells them about the promise. God says, I'm going to help you survive this, Paul. And not only you, but I'm going to help everyone on the crew get through it. And Paul says, you know what? I believe in that promise. And he goes to the crew. He says, guys, God made me a promise. We're going to get through this. And I believe what God says is true. Uh, Church family, uh, friends of Pathway Church, please hear this. When God makes a promise, God keeps his promise. Now, let's kind of push a pause button here on our story in Acts and take a little time out and let's kind of visit for a second. Um, Almost every serious follower of Jesus Christ that I know when they have found themselves in a storm, if they would look back after the fact, if they would look back when the storm was raging at its very worst, every serious follower of Jesus, when you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're tossing and turning uh, from the waves battering against your soul, if you will look backwards, I think you'll remember that God gave you a promise And that is why you got through your storm. And it comes in different ways. Maybe it's simply the promise of his love. Uh, Maybe it's simply the promise of his power in your life. Maybe it's simply the promise of his presence in your life. Uh, Maybe it's simply the promise of provision. That at the 11th hour and the 59th minute, right in the nick of time, Uh, God came through for you. Uh, Maybe it's the promise of an open door just when you needed it to open. Maybe it's the promise of God providing a way uh, when you didn't think there was any way. Just right now, if you're a serious follower of Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to search your memory of every storm, any uncharted water season you have ever been through in your life, and I think, if you're honest, you will find there was a time that God gave you a promise, and it was that promise that got you through the storm. Now, after Raven died, and the accumulation of three people in a short period of time that I love deeply, and not just myself, that members of my family love deeply, not only was I dealing with my own pain and grief, but trying to minister to my loved ones, uh, I found myself in a bad place. And I don't mind telling you, there were moments I didn't know what to do, and I needed a promise. I needed a promise from God. So in desperation mode, I took a day off, and I went home, and I sat in my backyard uh, all day long and stared out in the middle of nowhere and kind of said, God, uh, I'm not leaving until you speak to me. I need a promise. I need something I can hang on to. Uh, I'm out of gas, God. 
Uh, I'm wasted. I got nothing left. God, we're in the middle of this stronger series right now. And I'm not feeling very strong. Uh, I got nothing left. And so I just sat there. And I tried uh, to remember verses from memory. Uh, but my mind was so fried, uh, none of them came to be. And I'm just sitting there. And then out of nowhere, uh, like a whisper from God, uh, since God said, you know, Rick, uh, uh, you are my son. Uh, you are a child of the most high God. And I will get you through this. I mean, I just got out my journal, had my journal. I just wrote that down. I wrote that very sentence in my journal, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it. I read it hundreds of times, and that little phrase, that little promise of God became a lifeline for me that I hung on to until I got to the other side of what I was experiencing in this moment. Uh, A member of this church, a young man in his mid-20s, uh, he gets a phone call from his brother, Al the Blue. They're both at work, and the brother calls him and says, Hey, bro, uh, uh, Dad died. Right out of the back. Your dad, our dad died. Wow. Uh, talk about hitting you between the eyes. Uncharted waters, right? And uh, he said, Mom can't do it, and they need someone to go down to the morgue and identify Dad down in Tarrant County. Um, I'm out of town. I'll get there as soon as I can. Can you do it? He said, Yeah, sure, I got it. And, so, man, his mind is wheeling. He's kind of dazed. He gets in his car, and he's, he's going uh, to the hospital, going to the morgue. Uh, and he's just, whoo, he's just really stunned. And out of the blue, <laughs> he got his hand gripped on the steering wheel. God reminds him of a verse that he memorized as a child. And this is it, Six, Psalm 68, 5. It's not on the screen. I will be a father to the fatherless. And he told me, he says, Pastor, I remember driving to that morgue, and I was just holding on to that steering wheel, that promise, and I was saying, God, God, is that true? That no, I'm on this earth, and I don't have an earthly father, that you will be my father. You will step in for the rest of my life to care for me and do so even better than my own dad. Some of you have been there. Uh, the sudden tragic news of your mother or your father uh, dying. And man, you talk about uncharted waters. Uh, no one can prepare you for that. I don't care what you're reading, how many classes. You, you're not ever fully ready for that. But the scripture says that you have a good, good father. That when you come to that time or that moment in your life, that he will step in and he will provide. It's a promise. And he held on to that promise, and you can too. Uh, A family in this church, they were hit head on by a drunk driver, and the dad was driving. And as always is the case, uh, the one who is struck by the drunk driver is serious the most damage. Uh, The drunk driver really had very little damages. But the father, he was seriously, seriously, seriously wounded. He found himself in the hospital for months, months, and months, and months. But God gave him a promise while he was in the hospital. It was from Hebrews 13, 5. We'll put it on the screen. It goes like this. I will never leave you or forsake you. And he said, Pastor, I took that promise, and I wrote it on the whiteboard in my hospital room. I had the nurse write it on the whiteboard, and I would just glance over and read it. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I hung on to that promise. It was a lifeline that got me through it. Whatever you're going through, church, globally in this pandemic, or personally has impacting your life, I want to encourage you to look for a promise. I'll look for a promise of God, and when you find it, hang on to it. It comes to you in many ways. It might come to you through the whisper of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do that. That's why you got to be still sometimes and know that God is God. It comes through your chair time. In that 15 minutes that you spend, 15 or 20 minutes in the Word every day, uh, you just might be reading the Bible and you kind of mark something. You go, whoa, that's it. Uh, That's the promise that God has for me. Uh, Sometimes it can come through a sermon. It can come through a message. Now, I know when I'm teaching, the chances are less likely that you'll get that kind of promise. But but maybe sometimes it might happen, right? Maybe even today will be a miracle for some of you. Uh, Sometimes it can come through a song. Uh, the weekend that Raven died, uh, 
God, God is so good. God is so kind. And that was the first weekend in my memory that we sang the song Waymaker. Uh, we just sang it. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. If you know it, sing right there in your house with me. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And I don't mind telling you, in those weeks after Raven died, and the collective death of Clinton and Ryan and Raven, I just held on and sang that song over and over. And it was a promise that got me through the storm. I don't care however it comes. Be looking for it. And when you have it, latch on to it, hold it. Don't let it go. It's a gift from your good, good father. Now back to the story. After Paul gives them this pep talk that God has made this promise and all good things are going to happen, uh, the crew did something. And they did something very unusual. You see right there in verse 28, the crew now is all feeling good about themselves. In verse 28, it says they took soundings. And you go, Pastor, what is a sounding? They dropped uh, this little stone about the size of a baseball down into the water, and it kind of bounces. They measure it. It kind of bounces, and they measure the length to let them know how deep they are and if they're approaching a reef or approaching a little sandbar island so they know how they're navigating the waters on where they're heading to. And what's interesting, uh, when all of a sudden these sailors start giving their attention to taking the soundings uh, they stop paying attention to the vibrating ship. Uh, they're no longer freaked out. Uh, they're taking responsibility and they're turning their fear into action. Here is our next lifeline. Do not take for granted the little phrase, they took a sounding. Here what is number two. Gather trustworthy, dependable information. That's what they were doing. They were getting trustworthy, dependable information. Now, as we move forward through these uncharted waters of COVID-19, this pandemic, we're asking questions. What do I do? What do I not do? How are you most infected? Uh, what are the symptoms? Uh, who really is most vulnerable? Uh, what are the risks? How long? Does this social distancing need to last? And really, what does social distancing mean? I want to encourage you, make sure you're getting trustworthy, dependable information. Take soundings. Don't listen to rumors. Don't filter it through your own political bias. Don't filter it through your own opinion of what is fact and what is fiction. Take your soundings from solid, trusted medical professionals. Go to websites that you know will give you solid information. You can go to your Pathway Church website. You can go to some of the websites of our local school districts, who I have, I have checked out. And they have all these links you can go to to get solid information from our trusted medical and government sources. There was a woman in our church whose husband suddenly died. Uh, just out of the blue, he was in his 50s, and she came to my office. Uh, she was freaked out, understandably. Uh, she wasn't functioning very well. She was kind of panicky in a state, and we're going to try to do prepare for the funeral, memorial. Uh, but she was so freaked out, she couldn't really talk or think about anything but the financial situation. Uh, she said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, they're going to come take the house. I'm going to be on the streets. Uh, I'm so old, I'm never going to find a job. I mean, she just really, and I say, hey, listen, stop, stop. Let's stop for a second. Uh, let's stop talking about the funeral. Uh, I say, hey, you know, I've known your family for a long time. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be your pastor. I love you. I, but I want to shoot you straight. Uh, you're stuck. Uh, you're in a vortex of a Bermuda Triangle. You're stuck in the eye of a hurricane, and you're sinking. And it's all based on information that may not be true. And I'll tell you the truth, I don't think it is true. I know your husband, knew your husband. I know how he had prepared and how hard he had worked and how you have managed your finances. So let's do this. Let's stop this. I want you to go home. I'm going to call a member of our church who is 
very sound in financial matters, and y'all going to go and look at your situation and take some soundings and get some objective, trustworthy information. So that's what they did. And lo and behold, uh, guess what? Uh, she wasn't near the situation that she thought she was going to be in. Uh, she, in fact, she's in a pretty solid spot. She got to keep her house. Uh, she didn't need to get a job. And she was in a good place for many, many years. I mean, and that took less than two hours. I mean, just a top, and all of a sudden, everything had changed because she had good, solid information. And that was like a lifeline to her. All of a sudden, she felt better. In the middle of a storm, what many of us do, we start catastrophizing. Uh, you know what catastrophizing means? You start imagining the worst-case scenario. The ship is falling apart. The storm is huge. And you oh, no, no. And you start, the sky is falling, doom, doom, and gloom. And that is why taking soundings are so important. So let's say you're at home right now, and you've got some symptoms. Uh, let's say that you're at home right now, and maybe you've already taken a test, and it came back in a certain way. Or maybe you, in another way, you've gotten a bad uh, medical diagnosis and you're kind of freaked out. Take some soundings. In other words, get a second opinion. Double check and triple check the sources of your information of treatment and prognostication, a prognosis. Do not catastrophize. Get solid information, trusted information. Uh, the stock market right now is highly volatile. It's down, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down and up. And they're small business owners. You're, oh, you're in a panic. You're, you're worried. Understandably so. But don't catastrophize. Just don't kind of get locked into that like the crew was. Take some soundings. Uh, talk to your financial advisor. Uh, talk to your peers. Network with other professionals. Learn from, from others. Find good, solid information on how you're going to get through this. A man stopped by to see me recently, and this happens often, and he says, uh, uh, Pastor, uh, the IRS, and I've uh, got all this stuff going on, and it says something about back taxes, and he was really panicking. Uh, and I said, uh, have you talked to anyone yet? No. Uh, have you talked to your CPA? No. Have you called a tax expert? No. But, Pastor, I can't sleep. I'm just tossing and turning all night long. And I said, okay, but do you really know the truth of what the situation is? And I'm just saying, church, there's so many of us. Uh, we get this bad news, we're in uncharted waters, and we just automatically go to the deep end and we sink. Uh, when you begin to panic, stop, back up and pause, take some soundings, get trusted, trustworthy, sound information. That could be God's lifeline to get you through the storm. Back to Acts 27. Now, some of you are going to love this one. For some of you, this is going to be your favorite verse you've never seen in the Bible. Some of you go, Pastor, finally a verse that I love. Some of you are going to take this verse. You're going to put it on your refrigerator. Uh, down here in the Scriptures, uh, Paul says, actually tells him down in, in verse 33 and verse 34, he says, go eat. Some of you go, oh, really? The Scriptures say, yeah, Paul says, Eat your way uh, through this uncharted water. You know, finally a verse I like, right? You're going to put it on your refrigerator. Hey, I didn't want to eat, but the Bible says, the Scripture says, God told me to eat. Uh, now, let's kind of clarify a little bit more exactly what it says so we understand it. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 33. Uh, Just before dawn, uh, Paul urged him all to eat. Uh, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense. Uh, you've gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now, I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Now, pa Paul is not encouraging them to medicate their fear. He's encouraging them to eat so they will have the necessary strength to endure the storm of these uncharted waters. Now, when we get blown off course, when our life is turned upside down, most of us, what we do is we neglect our normal physical, mental, and spiritual disciplines and practices. We get so fixated on worrying. We get so fixated on the storm. We get so fixated on the possible negative things, the what is that could happen. Uh, we have no maps. We have no things. We panic. And uh, we just stop doing stuff. We know what's hey, hey, and I do it too. 
I know better, and I still do it. Hey, through this storm that we had here after Raven, when I told you the accumulation of those three things, I was such a bad spot. I mean, I was really in a bad spot. I had people in the office saying, hey, Rick, are you okay? I'm worried about you. I mean, everybody was checking on me and saying, Rick, I'm praying for you. And all this. Hey, anytime somebody says, Rick, I'm praying for you, I take it as a gift. Thank you for that. Uh, but some folks were saying, you know what, Rick? This really looks like it's taking a wear and tear on you. Uh, folks, I'm just getting old, okay? I think that's what it was. I'm just getting old. Uh, but one of my friends, he shot me a text. And he said, hey, Rick, I want you to know I'm praying for you. But he said, You're, you haven't stopped your workouts, have you? I texted him back, and I said, I hate you. <laughs> because that's exactly what I had done. He called me on it. He had the courage. I had stopped doing one of the very things that helped me push through when life gets hard. Now, here's what I know. Uh, when we're under significant pressure, the temptation and the tendency is to stop the things we need to do instead of increasing those disciplines. So in these uncharted waters, which we now face, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. I'm going to ask you to lengthen your chair time. Instead of 15 minutes, make it 25 to 30. I want to encourage you to look through the Bible for God's promises intentionally and hold on to them. I want to encourage you to stay connected to your small group. Each group's got to decide for themselves your comfort zone on meeting and being social distancing. Right now, the plan is for our small group to meet in our house this week. We'll respect the boundaries and all that sort of thing. But you need to be with people that you can trust and be with and, and practice all the principles that they're teaching us. And if you don't feel comfortable getting together, and uh, you can't for whatever because you're high risk or you're self-quarantined, um, stay connected by phone. Uh, use FaceTime. You, but somehow stay connected. Uh, spend some one-on-one -on -one time with a friend if you can't do it in a group. Uh, someone, you can be at a distance time, but you need to connect with other people. Uh, serve other people. Serve your neighbor. Uh, notice things happen in the neighborhood. If you got a little time off work, uh, instead of just sitting there and worrying, go mow someone's yard. Uh, maybe you're someone who can offer to help someone take care of someone's kids because their kids are out of school and they can't come to work and you can take shifts in helping. Do things like that. Uh, you're going to come to the church maybe during the week. We're open. Uh, maybe you're going to do some things around here to, to help others. But in storms, we increase our worship times. Uh, we increase our workouts. We increase our runs. We increase long walks. We increase eating well and reading well because we need these things. Paul says, eat so you can survive. Be disciplined. Now, here's the final thing. Uh, here's number three. So, the number three is grab hold of my physical and spiritual disciplines. Grab hold of my physical and spiritual disciplines. Hey, this is often awesome. I can tell. Is it 1130? It's 1130. But we don't have another service after this, so I'm sorry. You can either check out or you can stay. We got one more point, and then we're going to have a little more worship music and, and get out of here. Uh, back to the text. So, number three, grab hold of my physical and spiritual disciplines. Here's, here's number four. Now, you go back to the text, uh, when you, and I hope you're going to read Acts chapter 27 during your prayer time. Uh, you're going to see toward the end, uh, the, the islands in the Mediterranean Sea are very rocky. It's very dangerous. It's not a good place. There's not a good place to, to land a ship. Uh, but all of a sudden, you'll see right there in verse 39, uh, the captain, someone sees something unusual. There's a sandy shore. So the captain makes a decision. He says, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to raise the sails. We're going to get the And we're going to go like a beeline to shore and try to get there and land this thing on the shore, sandy shore. It's unbelievable. It's a miracle. And we're all going to walk off on dry ground. But that doesn't happen. Uh, they hit a sandbar. And when they hit the sandbar, the ship gets stuck. And the waves are just pounding against it. And people just are they're scared to death because now they're in a worse situation uh, that they have been in. There are 276 people on the boat. They're only 200 yards from shore. They can see it, but they can't get there. Panic sets in. We're all going to die. Uh, everybody's kind of all in a panic. And then uh, the centurion who's guarding Paul, who's taking him to Rome, uh, says this right here in Acts chapter 27, uh, verses 34. Acts chapter 27 I think that's 43. Uh, he says, uh, hey, guys, uh, I, I want you to jump over the side. Go overboard. That's what he says. And those who can swim, swim as fast as you can and get to land as quick as you can. And if you can't swim like Michael Phelps, get a plank and start kicking. I mean, just kick as hard as you can. 
And if you can't get a plank, just kick and tread, and somehow every man get there. you got to do your part. Now, if you're feeling lost, you're feeling hopeless, you find yourself sinking in the storm, these uncharted waters, we're going to hold on to God's promise. Uh, you're going to take some soundings, get good, solid information. You're going to up your game on your spiritual disciplines. And number four, you're going to grab, you're going to swim or grab a plank. Swim or grab a plank. Uh, you go, Hold on here, let me kind of finish this thought. Stay with me. Uh, sometimes when we find ourselves in a bad situation, people of faith, we want God to step up and do everything for us. Uh, we want God to just lift us out of the trial. We want God to just make everything by. We expect God to deliver us from everything that we're in. And sometimes that's what happens. But in this case right here, the soldier said, swim or grab a plank. Now, some of us, uh, we would still be standing on the ship. The ship is sinking, it's falling apart, and we're saying, hey, I'm waiting for God to send a helicopter. I'm waiting for God to pick me up and put me on the land safe and sound. Sometimes God does that. But here's what I've learned. A lot of times, uh, we get about 200 yards from shore, and God says, it's time to swim. It's time to grab a plank and start, start kicking. I think sometimes God wants to see if you and I have skin in the game. If we're willing to participate. I think sometimes God wants to see if we have grit. Do we have the ability to hold on and to see it through? And I will tell you, say, some of us, we don't have a lot of grit. So in this situation, God is saying, hey, guys, uh, if you're all going to get there safe, everybody, either swim or grab a plank. And I'm going to teach you determination. I'm going to teach you character. I'm going to teach you how to be strong. I'm going to give you perseverance. And we all together will make it to the shore. Now, I will tell you, too many of us are soft. Uh, things get hard, and we just wilt. And during this season right now, it's a time for us all to get stronger, to learn how to swim or to grab a plank. Now, we have had this happen many times in your church family. And because of where we are on in time, uh, I, I don't have time to give you these stories to illustrate this. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, but I want to say this. Uh, over the years, I can talk about parking lots and buildings and community gardens where God gave a vision and God had the land and the financial resources, but it never would have happened if some people got there, didn't get their hands dirty. Uh, and they grabbed, they started swimming, they started working, and they grabbed a plank and started kicking to make it happen. God works among his people. Sometimes people after worship will stop and say, Pastor, will you pray for this? Will you pray for our financial well-being? Will you pray for my grief? Uh, will you pray uh, for my health? Will you pray for this? And I'll say, yes, I will. But God wants you to do something. Uh, God wants you to go to grief share. God wants you to go to counseling. God wants you to get into a good, healthy group of people to speak truth into your life. God wants you to get wise counsel to hold your mirror. Yes, I'll pray, but don't just expect God to come out of the middle and to make it all go away. you got to start swimming, and you got to start kicking. you got to grab a plank. So here we are. Uh, we're about 200 yards from shore. Uh, we don't know exactly how far, but we as a group, this, this coronavirus, uh, this pandemic that we're in, so what do we do? We got to swim. Uh, we got to grab a plank. You got to learn how to wash your hands faithfully with soap for 20 seconds. Do it often. We're going to practice social distancing, right? We're going to swim. We're going to do that. Uh, we're going to respect uh, the distance margins of young people. Uh, we're going to limit hugs and handshakes, fist bumps, uh, especially even our immediate family. Uh, we're not going to gather in groups of more than 250. Uh, we're going to self-quarantine if we know that we've been infected or been around somebody, been exposed. Uh, we're not going to hoard, especially toilet paper. Uh, we're not going to panic. Uh, we're not going to take a COVID-19 test if we don't need a test. We're not going to cheat. We're not going to bribe. Uh, we're going to work the plan. And before you know it, we'll all be on shore. Hold on to a promise, right? We're going to hold on to a promise. We're going to get trustworthy, dependable information. We're going to take soundings. We are going to 
swim, we're going to grab hold of a plank, and we're going to keep practicing our spiritual and physical disciplines so we can survive. Now, church, I know that God is working all around the world to help us navigate uh, these uncharted waters. But I know that God wants us to do our part. You've got to have some grit. You've got to be endurance. You've got to hang on to a plank. You've got to swim. And you've got to practice all these things we've been taught. Not just so you can get to the shore, but so everybody around us can be safe and get to the shore too in these very uncharted waters. Let me pray for us. So God, here we go. In a new week, we don't know what to expect. So we're going to worship you. We're going to praise you, God. As we go into the unknown, just be who we need you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could ever and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. And as we move into uncharted waters, I invite us all watching at home right now to remember that our God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. And so we're going to claim that together this morning before we finish this up. So let's sing this together. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. But sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Come on, let's sing it all together. It's my fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Cause there's power in his name, let's claim it. And there's power that can break off every chain. 
Christ again, we claim the victory even over this, and all God's people said, amen. If you're a guest again, I want to say thank you for joining us. You join us online for the first time. We don't know what's happening next week, but I promise you one thing, we will have worship, and you're invited. We'll see you next weekend.